Welcome. You're listening to Live with Michael Bloomling Jr., Episode 56. On today's program, our special guest is author Joe Frankie III. Hello. Welcome back to Live with Michael Blooming Jr. Today we have retired Army Colonel Joe Frankie III. Um, he's also author of uh, a new book uh, about LinkedIn and strategies, and uh, we're excited to talk to him about that. And uh, he co wrote the book with Lori Ruff, who was a uh, previous uh, guest on, on Live with Michael Blooming Jr. So we're excited and to have you on the show, Joe, and thank you so much for your service and everything you continue to do for America and also our veterans. Oh, hey, thanks for having me, Michael. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you, and I look forward to uh, the discussion we're going to have. Fantastic. Uh, why don't you talk about um, your background, Colonel, and who you are and what has uh, brought you to this moment in your life right now um, and what you, you know, are, are trying to achieve? Uh, my background is I grew up uh, on the Mexican border in the Rio Grande Valley and uh, uh, went to Los Fresnos High School and had the opportunity to uh, get an appointment to the U.S. Military Academy and went to West Point, did my four years, and then uh, did 30 years in the Army, both as a warfighter and as a logistician. So finished that and basically worked on projects uh, after I retired uh, from the military. And uh, what kind of led me to where we're at today is got involved with uh, executive uh, recruiting and learned the recruiting business. And it became apparent to me that a lot of people do not know how to use and, and or harness the power of LinkedIn to uh, virtually merchandise themselves you know, in, in, in the environment. And so I was having to uh, help these C-level people, you know, with the resumes and their LinkedIn profiles. And so it became apparent to me that there was a huge market out there. And I'd been doing it for veterans oh, since 2005, helped them translate what they uh, did in the service into words that a civilian hiring manager could understand. And so basically that was the impetus to write the book. Uh, I contacted Lori uh, because she and uh, Mike O'Neill had written a book before called LinkedIn, uh, Rock the World with LinkedIn version 2.1. And I use that as a primer for the people that I'm coaching. So I've uh, been professionally coaching uh, basically on LinkedIn since 2015 and coach 632 executives, veterans, and or students on how to get from where they are right now to where they want to go, helping them build a LinkedIn bridge to get there. Well, that's fantastic. You know, I have, uh, when I got out of the military, I was a non-commissioned officer in the 1st Infantry Division, so thank you for your service again, and thank you to our brave men and women um, who have served this country and their family members and our gold star members, especially who have sacrificed uh, the ultimate price for our freedom and, and our democracy and, and our way of life here in America. Um, and I also have uh, Chris, I have Chris Hager is going to be on the, uh, on my next episode on Thursday and he's a gold star uh, father. 
So I got to meet him at an event that uh, Roger Stone was at down in Fort Lauderdale with me running for U.S. Congress in District 21 in Florida. So he's going to be on the show and, and I'm excited about that. But, you know, such a, a respect level, highest respect level for the people who have served this country because without them, you know, we wouldn't have this free nation. And I was born in Fort Benning and my whole family served. So it's just such an honor to have somebody that is willing to, you know, just sacrifice so much for America. I think it's amazing. Um, but when you look at your career, um, you know, my background was in HR too as well. When I got out of the military, I was an investigator for Department of Labor and I worked in employment law and I got my master's from Penn State in HR and, and LinkedIn has been such a, an amazing tool to really connect and, and grow um, your professional network. And, and, you know, it's, and that's actually how we, we connected was through LinkedIn. So that goes to show you the power of LinkedIn um, what are some of the things, you know, the book highlights, you know, and also um, what are some strategies when people come to you that you really help them with? Like, especially networking is a huge mentorship and we could talk about more of those in detail, but just some of the major outliners that you see the gap that you're trying to fill. Well, I think the, uh, um, the awakening for me and, was my in my primal motivation was when I got out of the service uh you know I thought uh, I'd been to these transition classes and I thought uh, okay they taught you what you need to know and away you go and and that was the furthest from the truth because uh I learned right away uh I really didn't know how to merchandise myself and this was kind of before LinkedIn 2004 you were still having to like apply to jobs, uh, talk to recruiters. You know, you physically had to bang on a door, get somebody to listen to you, get somebody to look at your resume, uh, those kind of things. Um, as well as do the one-on-one -on -one, uh, personal networking. And so once uh, LinkedIn came about and further developed, I said, wow, I mean, look at the power of this. You can do a lot of this virtually. And uh, so a lot of people will talk to me and say, well, I don't really need that, Joe. And I said, well, I mean, you know, okay, so let me get this straight. You want to go have somebody uh, talk to you, but you want to show up in a half torn t-shirt, you know, shorts and no shoes on. And he said, well, I'd never show up that way. And I said, well, that's the way your LinkedIn profile looks right now. So, you know, you're missing the opportunity to merchandise who you really are and what you bring to the table, you know, if you don't uh, want to fully use the, you know, the tools that are available. And let's face it, from the beginning, LinkedIn was, you know, one way, and it's continued to develop and evolve in the last 15 years, as well as be purchased by Microsoft, so it won't be short money in the near term. Well, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, I think it's a vital network. And like you said, you know, it wasn't around in 2004 when I transitioned out of the military in December 3101. Um, I came back with from Germany with a floppy disk after spending three and a half years overseas. You know, there wasn't that opportunity to really connect with people and to, uh, you know, really build your, your net worth through your network. And so a lot of people weren't able to, I think, you know, fully utilize the connections that they had in the military. And I think that's something, you know, nowadays that we can really teach the next generation is how to leverage technology 
and how to be a good mentor as a leader for military personnel such as ourselves um, when they get out of the military because that's something that's high on my list is to give back from the experience based on authentic leadership model I strive to share the experiences I've been through to help other people and to improve their lives. Uh, you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, there's a lot of uh, opportunity out here. And so one of the biggest challenges um, I run across is uh, with executives that they haven't had to look for a job in like say the last seven years. Well, it's radically changed uh, on how you go about it. I mean, if your LinkedIn profile doesn't match up with your resume and all those kind of things, um, I mean, we never put a client forward that, you know, wasn't dressed right, dressed with their LinkedIn profile and their, and their resume. Absolutely. You know, I think uh, a lot of people really need that guidance, especially when they're coming through a transition to be able to move forward and to really uh, capture their full per personal professional experiences and background and to put them on paper and bringing them forward. I mean, this digital age now, I think there's a lot of discrimination. You know, I fought against discrimination for women, minorities, individuals with disabilities and veterans um, because you see it, you know, this is 2019. We're going to 2020 in about what, 10 days or so, seven, eight days, something like that. And, and in that time period, you know, people are still fighting to, you know, be adequately compensated for their knowledge, skills, and abilities. And I think it's important that we are able to communicate that. But with the algorithms, it's, I believe that there's some instances um, where people are being discriminated against and outliners are throwing them out and their application is never being looked at. Um, that, that can happen. And so it's, it's up to you as an individual to take care of yourself. There's no better person on the planet that is more interested in your personal uh, success and matriculation, you know, than yourself. And so you've got to use uh, the tools that are available to you. And uh, uh, the thing I like about LinkedIn is uh, you can uh, present what you intellectually bring to the table. Um, but you can also present what you emotionally bring to the table. And uh, I think that's a uh, underutilized space on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, th I what I believe is networking. I think networking is the biggest key. Of course, you have to have your LinkedIn squared away. And LinkedIn is a tool that you can network. People want to be around like-minded people. Uh, for example, you served in the military, I served in the military. We want to assimilate those, the, the experiences we have, you know, tribally be able to connect together and be able to talk about those experience. Um, you know, mine, obviously, we're on the non-commission level. Yours is on the officer level. Um, I'm sure that you have a lot of friends on LinkedIn and connections that were officers at, at a higher level uh, due to your rank as a colonel. So, you know, you're always going to, you know, have that communication with the people that can, you know, not just look like you or talk like you, but understand you because a lot of people come from different backgrounds and different ways of life. And I always talk about now that I'm running for Congress in district 21 in Florida, um, I always talk about, it doesn't matter to me who's to my left or right. It just matters that they're going to be able to do their job, that they're going to be able to pull the trigger if the enemy is approaching, that if I'm injured, that they're going to be able to save my life. I was a combat lifesaver in the military. I did a lot of you know training. Uh, I was an infantry guy, so I was on a Bradley Infantry fighting vehicle. So I did a lot of training in the field and was trained to do a lot of you know um, 
combat readiness, you know, just being ready for whatever was to happen. I was trained to be able to react and to be able to be cool under pressure. But the key is, is teamwork and esprit de corps and having people around you that believes in a common goal. And, you know, civilian world, they don't have that, you know, the, that advanced world training that we have, that global training that is so critical to a leader. So when that leader comes out of the military, I believe they have so much to offer an employer. And I've been advocating and fighting for veterans' rights. I've published a book on military transition, Bridging the Gap from Soldiers to Civilian, A Roadmap to Success for Veterans. I've also ran the Virginia Values Veterans Program in Virginia, working under the governor's initiative to help create over 30,000 jobs for veterans. So I've done a lot of things for veterans in the veteran space. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to the individual to be able to, with all these tools, LinkedIn, networking, you know, out at community events, volunteering in nonprofits or, you know, volunteering at veteran groups or whatever, you know, they're passionate about, it still comes at back to an individual who believes in you. And I think that's the thing as Americans that we can do. You know, we're such a giving country. This is a superpower of the world. You know, there's so much more that we could do. I think we could do better on a lot of things. You know, I think there's so much division right now. And, you know, it, it transcends to work-life balance and quality of life. Uh, it, it does. And uh, it's become even more important uh, nowadays. Uh, you know, to have a, a good LinkedIn profile. You could have got away with it six or seven years ago with just kind of a skeleton, but uh, more and more everybody, uh, if you meet somebody and you've had a brief conversation with them and you want to know more about what they do and where they work and, you know, most people will immediately go to their LinkedIn profile. The second thing that uh, I, I work with people on is hey if you know the kind of job you want why wouldn't you want to be virtually networking you know in and around that job to the people that will make you know decisions on that i mean linkedin is a very powerful tool one of the challenges i run across is you know when you first start using linkedin learning how to do it, it's like anything else you work at it to become uh, more proficient at it Correct. So you're kind of wielding it like a sword, you know, it takes two hands. It's kind of heavy. You know, you don't get what you want done. And as you acquire a little bit more skill, then you can kind of use it like a saber and you're a little bit more depth with it. And uh, if uh, you work with it uh, a little bit more, you can use it like a scalpel. In other words, you can kind of cut right to where you want to go. And, uh, uh, talk to very specific people, in other words, network with them. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, people that uh, I see, they're trying to uh, operate on somebody with a sword as opposed to a scalpel. And so, uh, and there's a lot of good resources out here on basically how to use LinkedIn. Our book is one of them. Exactly. I agree 100%. We have Joe Frankie the third on live with Michael Blooming Jr. today. If people want to go get the book, uh, if our listeners are early on in the call here, uh, how about halfway through the call and, and trying to get great information? If they want to buy your, the book, they want to connect with you and Lori, what's the best way that they can do that? The book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Books a Million, all of your favorite independent book retailers. We're even on Target online. Uh, so the, the book is now 
out both in e-format as well as print. So if you want to get it on Kindle or as an e-book with Rakuten, so um, it's 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 available on the on the market. Well, that's great. You know, why don't you talk a little bit about your story about, you know, Lori and you and how you wrote the book. A lot of people ask me, you know, you've published three books. How did you do that, Michael? You know, a lot of people ask me that. And the first thing I say is writing goals. You know, when I wrote the books, you have to have writing goals every single day. The second thing is you have to be passionate about the subject material that you're writing. You know, the three books that I wrote are all um, self-help and inspirational books, helping people to overcome adversity to become the optimal self. And, you know, one is on abuse. I was severely, you know, abused by my father and he tried to kill me the first time when I was five and, and two other times. And I wanted to write a book, a step-by-step guide to help people to turn the page and overcome their life. And I did that. The second book I wrote is the military book that I mentioned earlier, helping people when they transition out of the military, getting ready to transition out their mental health, being able to start a business, be able to go back to college. You know, a lot of veterans right now aren't even 88%, I believe, in the last study, weren't even finishing an associate's degree, even though they may have the GI Bill or post 9-11 GI Bill. So this is a tragedy in America to think that people are coming back here. And so I wanted to help people. You know, every step of my life, I had a mentor, angels, I call them, who came into my life to help me reach the point that I'm at. You know, I would never be running for Congress and accomplishing the things that I've accomplished without other people around me. And I've learned as a professional, as, as a human being, to really appreciate and value that fact. Um, and the third book I wrote is a uh, devotional book called Our Journey Heart to Heart with God, 180-day devotional. Um, but I haven't wrote a fourth book. And, and, you know, some of it's timing, but, you know, I've started to write a couple other, you know, books and got, you know, a little bit into them and just it didn't feel like it was the right you know, book at that time. And I'm waiting for that. And also, you know, it helps to have like a publishing deal and all those kind of things. But, you know, it's so easy nowadays to write a book, you can publish it on, you know, through self publishing really easily. Um, I have a publisher book publisher network, but I'd like to have a, you know, a major publisher and publish a book and write an autobiography about my life, my story. And that would probably be the fourth book I would imagine, but maybe it'll be something else. I'm a person that doesn't have a set you know, way. But when you wrote the book with Lori, you know, why don't you talk about your creative process and, and for the, uh, you know, people in the military, a lot of them, I hear that they want to write a book and, but all Americans, you know, just running into people campaigning or, you know, out at events or speaking at events, you know, people are always interested in that aspect. But that's interesting because uh, the way that we decided to write the book was um, I I called Lori one day and I said, uh, Hey Lori, this is Joe Frankie. And she said, have we met? I said, no, we haven't, but I've sold 300 of your books. And she goes, how did you do that? And I said, well, I use uh, rock the world with LinkedIn version 2.1 as a primer. Cause I still think it's the best primer on the body of knowledge of LinkedIn. In other words, if you want to maneuver in something, you got to understand the body of knowledge. If you're a project manager, you got to understand project management body of knowledge. If you're in the army, it has this body of knowledge. So that's that's very important. So she said, uh, uh, "You're coaching all these people." And I said, "Yeah." And in in fact, I said a lot of them had told me, "Joe, why don't you put this in a pamphlet? Why don't you do an ebook or something like that?" And she said, "Well, let's do one." And I said, "Okay." And in today's time frame, I mean, uh, she was in Lynchburg, Virginia, and I was in Houston, Texas, and 
there was a lot of Saturday mornings involved, and we worked on uh, simultaneously on uh, uh, Google Documents where we could work and talk and you know uh, edit each other's uh, work over time. And so uh, we did that, and we put an ebook together, and we competed that ebook internationally under Daniel Pointer's international ebook competition. And so we won gold uh, award in career development and a silver in, in business. And what that allowed us to do is uh, the book got vetted, you know, by an outside uh, source and we were able to go to Morgan James Publishing and they also uh, took that on. And so, uh, you know, writing a book, as you well know, getting the, the content right is, uh, it, it's, it's challenging, but uh, it, it can be done. So I think we had 225 pages of content that we narrowed down to 85 pages so that the book is just a one hour, one plane flight read. Because I believe that people don't have much time in this world. You got to say what you're going to say, reinforce what's important and, and get it done. And so that, that was our goal. And that's what we tried to achieve in getting the, in the book out. And I've had several people call me and say, Hey, you're right. You know, I was flying back to New York, got your book done. Uh, hey, thanks. So how are things coming with the book sales? I know you had so many pre-sales when I was talking to Lori. Have you been out um, on book signing tours? Are you out with Lori? What's the latest and greatest with? Uh, so uh, we did some initial stuff in uh, San Antonio, Austin, and uh, um, that's where we're at. And so uh, we got bigger plans for uh, the new year. The book just came out, uh, publishing date was 3 December. And uh, with any new book, uh, you go through the, the interesting uh, things as it tries to enter into the distribution system. But uh, I think Barnes and Noble ran out on the first pass and they're restocking as far as the online stuff and the same with Amazon. That's fantastic. Have you got, um, have you got any feedback or interactions from uh, people who have read the book so far? What is, what is the residual results that you've seen as far as, you know, improve? Obviously when you write a book, you want to improve someone's life. I think that's, what's so important. You know, what are some of the things that, you know, you have seen so far from the book, any, any uh, quotes or comments or people reaching out to you? Where are you at with all that? One, one of the most interesting comments I've gotten was a, uh, a person on LinkedIn said they received the book. And then in an hour and 22 minutes, they sat back and said, hey, I really enjoyed the book. It was on the mark. And it in her case, she said, it reinforced things that I was already doing. And I'm now focusing more on things that uh, I thought might be important. But, you know, you helped me do that. The challenge with anybody, just like you or me, is we only have X amount of time. That's just like any more. I don't read a book unless it's recommended by somebody else because don't, I don't have time. And so that's why we concentrated so hard on making our book uh, as short as possible. And believe it or not, it, it's much harder to write a shorter book than it is to write a longer one. 
I'm so happy that you brought that up because people, I love to read. I'm so busy with content creation, whether it's running for Congress or, right. or podcast interviews, radio interviews, doing marketing, doing PR. Um, I just got a book actually. And uh, this one I'm going to read. I'm actually flying to New York on Thursday. Um, hopefully I'll have, I'll be up there for about 10 days for the holidays and doing some things with friends and family. Um, hopefully I'll do some interviews up there nationally with uh, Fox or some other things and working on that. But I interviewed Patrick Colbeck, who actually uh, was a couple. I have a, a, a very, my best friend's Kevin Martinuzzi. He's uh, he's grew up in Michigan. His dad um, lives down here in Florida, um, but we became great friends. And he um, his dad built you know the Cardinal Stadium, Tiger Stadium, and also Ford Field. He was one of the uh, contractors. And uh, in the recession, they lost everything. And um, so we met, and, and we've been great friends. He, he kind of brought me into the family. But he went to a private high school there, and um, this guy, Patrick Colbeck, also went to you know the same school, but he was a couple years ahead of him. So Kevin had told me a couple weeks ago, hey, you need to really talk to Patrick you know, with everything you're doing. Um, and so reached out to him. He, came, he reached back out to me. He actually, Patrick Colbeck, actually ran for work. Excuse me, he was the first person to never be in politics to win a Senate seat in Michigan uh, state politics. He served for eight years and then he uh, ran for governor. Um, and so, anyway, so Patrick, he, he wrote a book called uh, Wrestling Gators. And he sent me a copy and I sent him a copy of, of my book, Turning the Page. And, and I have it here. And it's about basically uh, the, the process of legislation and, and being. He, and uh, being in, in, you know, a legislative position and from somebody who was there for eight years and uh, it's a pretty lengthy book. It's about 300 pages, but um, I never have chance to read anything. And I'm usually like, it takes, you know, it's the interest level is so important because you gather so much information and knowledge and it's like to gravitate towards something, but you know, obviously I'm getting to, into politics. You know, I've done a lot of things at the state, federal level, volunteering, advocating for veterans and community issues, and and doing a lot of things uh, in Tallahassee and in Richmond, Virginia, and Washington D.C. and all these different places. But this is a book that I'm actually going to read, and I'm really excited about it. Um, I think you know when it comes to reading a book, it, like it has to be something you're passionate about and like you 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 feel about. You know, I mean, as a business professional, you know, because our time is so limited. I mean, for leisure. You know, it's, it's nice, but even, you know, as you know, I'm sure I don't have much leisure time in my life, but that's okay because I want to give back to the community. I work out mostly every day. So there's a lot of things that you could do, you know, personally for yourself as far as health and wellness. But, you know, I'm really excited about this book. I encourage our listeners to go and listen to the interview with Patrick Colbeck. Um, but it's interesting that you brought up that it's really interesting. So what is the last book that you read, Colonel? And uh, how do you leverage the books you use? Like, I'm sure you do it in a similar way. Um, I'm sure we have a lot of similar, you know, ideas and experiences based to, you know, some of our similarities in our background. What is, how do you try to use the information you gain when you actually do get to read a book? Well, I try to, like, the, the book that um, I'm in the process of reading right now is called Like Wars, The Weaponization of Social Media. You know, because there's everybody talks about that and the Russians getting involved in elections and all that kind of stuff. But it's really nice to see a book where somebody makes a claim and then there's been enough time so that somebody from uh, a major university has actually researched the subject. And so you actually have some, you know, data. We're not just doing 
we're not just throwing opinions around. And so uh, uh, that's a that's the book that I'm reading, and I'm doing it because I think that's an important subject, and I'm trying to learn more about it without, you know, from a logical fact standpoint. That's fantastic. You know, I think one of the things is as human beings, just in general, I think we have the ability to really learn so much from each other. And I, I, you know, I, I talked about this the other day, I think in one of the interviews, but um, basically I've learned that when you're speaking to thousands of people in a room that you're not the smartest person, there's somebody out there that knows something more than you. And also I just try to take the attitude of, of learning something new every day. Um, You know, you served uh, for a very long period of time, uh, and after you got out, you know, it's a whole different world for you. So everybody who transitions out of the military, it's a whole new world. It doesn't matter what your rank or, or what you did yeah. or how long were you in. It's like the world doesn't stop because you're serving in the military. What are some things and lessons learned since you got out of the military that have was shocked to you and really helped you to continue the mission? Because I feel like individuals and leaders like yourself and I, we're continuing the mission. We're coming back home and, and we're live, you know, we're serving civically where we want to give back to people in the community, human capital and to the decency of humanity. And especially here for the American way of life. I think, um, uh, always, uh, I always reinforce that, um, that the military matures people faster because a lot of uh, parents will ask me, well, you know, my son or daughter's thinking about joining the military or something like that. So what they're doing is they're fishing to see, okay, what can I gather about, you know, information about this? And I said, hey, it's, it's a great opportunity. And when you think about it today, there's not the hardening uh, processes that were probably available to other uh, generations. If you look at... Uh, the greatest generation, the hardening process was the depression. Uh, you know, that all, all people went through right before World War II. And so um, even uh, conscription and the draft, you know, put people through the army. And even though people didn't want to be in the army and did their time and got out, they pretty much were mature enough to make decisions on what they wanted to do. And, uh, I always tell uh, parents, I said, you know, what the military will do for them, I'm not encouraging them to spend a career in there. Go in there, do a tour, you know, and uh, you were a non-commissioned officer. And so what happens is, hey, you get, to, you get to learn how to work with other people and people that you've never met before, different cultures, different ethnic backgrounds. You you learn how to make a team out of whatever is issued to, to you, both as an individual and as leaders, we have to lead those kind of teams. Exactly. I agree 100%. You know, it's really understanding different people from different walks of life. Absolutely. So appreciative that you came on the show today. We have Joe Frankie, the third, he's an author, Colonel, former Colonel in the United States army. Thank you for your service, sir. Why don't you give the listeners where they can connect with you on all the platforms, how they can get, you know, especially our veterans, but all Americans, how they can connect with you if they need executive help or coaching or how they can, you know, get your new book, all those type of things, please. Okay. Uh, I'm not on Twitter at Joe Frankie, I, 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 
I'm at Facebook at Joe Frankie I I I. I'm on LinkedIn at Joe Frankie I I I. So those are the major platforms I use. And how can they get the book, sir, as well? Uh, the book you can order online through Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, um, Target Online, as well as uh, Rakuten. It's now available in Kindle and in e-format. So you can get it uh, either in print or in an e-format, whatever you desire. Sounds great. Thank you, Joe, so much for your service to America. Thanks for coming on the show. And God bless America. Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah to all of our listeners. And uh, we'll catch you uh, with upcoming shows here. And uh, we're definitely looking forward to a great 2020. You can follow me on Twitter at 4, the number 4, USA Freedom, and Instagram. You can also connect with my congressional page, Michael Bloomling for Congress on Facebook, and also michaelbloomlingforcongress.com. Please help contribute. We need volunteers. We need people to help out my campaign. I really love to have people get involved because I, I am a leader, but I'm a leader for the people, with the people. That's what our constitution's about. We need to give power back to the people and less government. Less We, don't, we can't afford to have socialism in this country. So thank you for your service, sir, and uh, have a great day. Thank you for having me, Michael. Thank you for listening to Live with Michael Bloomling Jr., which airs five days a week, Monday through Friday. On our next program, we'll have Gold Star Father Chris Hager. Contribute to Live with Michael Bloomling Show at patreon.com.